0: Join the big show Wednesday at the warehouse from 2 to 6, 1825 South, 300 West, in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Yeah, I'll give you a big boom. Boom. Now nah, it was a medium-sized boom at best. So the Utes opening spring practice. They had the first media availability yesterday. We played a lot of, for, a lot of it for you uh, live, and we played the rest of it this morning in the uh, 6 a.m. hour. It was happening yesterday at 8 a.m., and... Brought out the head coach, the offensive coordinator, and four quarterbacks, including Cam Rising, who can't participate in spring ball because he's rehabbing his shoulder injury. And uh, Kyle made a point, point; we'll see him in the summer. And as we've talked about many times over the years, the most exciting part of a spring football, the things that makes it the most relevant, is when there is a quarterback battle. And the Utes have a bunch of transfers here to sort out, as Kyle pointed out. They can't name a starter, but they got to at least get the depth And then they got to give Cam Rising a chance to compete in the summer, and then we'll see where it goes. But for the Utes, any conversation about the passing game is certainly not limited to quarterback. you got to go to the receivers, and they've had two receivers transfer, and Kyle says they may go into the portal and get some help. They're definitely going to be looking at guys on the other side of spring ball when that really heats up. So we can't answer anything definitively because we don't know who's going to be on the roster. But you pointed out the depth chart does include double tight ends. Now, the depth chart has 12 starters, 12 positions. So the question is, sure, they'll be in double tight ends some of the time, but how much? You had a conversation seven and a half years ago with somebody close to the program who said, they need to play like Stanford, they need to go with double tight ends. That's the, the local recruiting base is so deep with them. Uh, You know, why would you play more receivers? The local recruiting base, you got to go to California and Texas and get your receivers. There just aren't many receivers being produced in Utah. But there are a ton of tight ends. So you seem to have an edge in that area, and you can go to Texas and California and get tight ends too. Obviously they did with Keithy. He's a Texas kid. So double tight ends. Is it the wave of the future, PK? Just this morning the Patriots spent – $25 25 million in guaranteed money to get another tight end when they'd already dropped 20 million for one tight end. Belichick's going double tight ends. Why not the Utes?
1: Yeah, and Van Noy's supposed to resign with the Patriots too. There, so coming he home turn to his second stop. He's had three. Detroit is yep drafted, drafted him. him. Uh, so yeah, whatever you find a way to, however you find a way to get the ball in the end zone, that's all that matters. Is get the ball in the end zone, score points. Everything else. Is just details and whatever they figure. I have a hard time seeing them going away from what they've been doing, though. And Kyle loves the mobile quarterback. He loves the the threat because he feels that's the hardest to defend. I don't know that I would find uh, much hope for getting some big-time transfer receiver uh, because – Scholarships are running out now. They reserve some, to keep some back. I understand that, but and they'll they'll probably be some more. But it seems like we've already passed that season of grad transfers moving around. It could still happen, and it will still happen. But I just wonder if uh, I'm going to get somebody's leftover who wasn't happy there. That's what makes me always concerned about these transfer situations. You know, with Bentley. Well, he had 33 starts, but he got beat out. I mean, why would he have left if he got 33 starts? Why would you have left? Doesn't us just necessarily mean that that's always the case? Uh, because you look at this Brewer kid. Now he's got all these starts and thrown for 9,700 yards, and he's leaving. But you know the program isn't in as good a shape as it was earlier and now they've got coaching changes and all that stuff and some other issues there, Uh, whereas Utah's program is set to win immediately. They're they're set up to compete strong. They're a strong contender for the South Division this next fall season, I believe. So I get why he would want to come here. Uh, I, I understand that because he didn't get beat out. He's the rare transfer that isn't leaving because of playing time. Right? The other two kids the Texas deal, I assume they left because of they didn't see a way out a get to a way or a way to get out on the field, right? So automatically that makes me think, mm, okay, what's going on there?
0: They weren't good enough in the eyes of that coaching staff. Did that coaching staff evaluate them poorly? Did you get the rare transfer where hey there were three guys good enough to start but only one can? So you get one of the other yeah, ones. Yeah, I don't know. Or... You have to
1: evaluate them poorly.
0: <clears> it doesn't well, have to be one It one be.
1: guys don't get out on the field. Yeah. Well, but you you so that you, you you evaluated him poorly twice. You evaluated him poorly coming out of high school and you gave him a scholarship and then you evaluated him poorly when he was on the team.
0: I think what like I, I was implying is that you evaluate them. Uh, poorly versus who they were starting behind. Or who they were behind, you know, the starting yeah, they were just, behind. it uh,
1: could just have been you know, the other guy was better.
0: Right, that's the I other mean, scenario. he was look at Brady White yep. down there at Memphis. He, th- he
1: threw for all those yards at Memphis and he had a hard time getting out on the field. He actually did get on the field at issue, but then got hurt. And his rehab took forever and you had to go on, and by the time he was ready to go, they were entrenched uh, with a starter. So he goes to Memphis because the Coach at Memphis was the OC in Tempe, and then gee, she threw for a zillion yards. It seems so; it could happen. It's not like uh, there's there's each circumstance is different unto itself. So I can't say that these kids that they got here, well, they weren't good enough over there. So why would they be good enough over here? Right. Just because you start over here doesn't mean you're good enough. Bentley started, but obviously, clearly, he wasn't good enough.
0: So I think the problem is looking for wide receivers is that wide receivers do get out on the field. Teams do play two or three, sometimes even four of them at a time. And they're running sprints, so you're going to rotate through. If you're the second-string guy, you're still going to get snaps because the other guy just can't run sprints every play. So
1: Yeah, but the problem here, I think, is it, it's, it's a bad look for Utah to have Thompson and Nakua leave. It's a bad look. Yep. If I'm a receiver, that just raises massive red flags. So I'm already getting a guy who clearly isn't happy at his other place. So do I really want that? Plus, if I'm that guy, do I really want to go to a place where two guys who uh, uh, I have seniors, but this last year doesn't count. So I don't I don't know where they're at as what what their ideas are as far as returning. But guys who've been in the veteran, guys in the program, they decide to leave. And maybe with the Nakua thing, with his brother wanting to play closer to home and Provo, maybe there's something there. But Thompson, Thompson's a gigantic red flag. And he goes to a program that looks to run the ball. I had one coach text me, Why is he going there? <laughs> <laughs> they run this, they, run, they do exactly what Utah
0: does yeah. play strong defense, run the ball, and punt. Cause Herm can talk, that's why, and he sold him. I.
1: But why there?
0: I know. I, yeah. I mean,
1: I want the Devils to go twelve and zero every year, uh, but the fact is, man, they, they Herm is old school. He's old, and he's old, and he's young in his appearance and his enthusiasm and all. But his style of football, throw it away, son, and let's live to run another play. Not throw another only, play, run another play. The
0: only thing I can give you is I think they take their fair share of deep shots. And so they must have talked to him and I don't know. You know, but I I mean that's part of, you know, the use of change receivers coach since all this happened. And I, I gotta believe that they're related to some degree. I mean, that's gotta be part of it. Yeah. Yeah, whether it's most of it or all of it, we we could debate that, but it's gotta be part of it.
1: I agree. Yeah, that it has to factor into it. It's a screwy situation there. And, geez, when, and when I saw the team he chose, I'm thinking, what? Why? I'm glad he wants to go there. If he's, I mean, he looked like he was a good player. You know, I want my Devils to win. I'll be the first to tell you. Uh, I don't live and die by it, but uh, I still want them to win. But I was surprised. And so that, that causes me to wonder. They can get players, but just how good are they going to be? And how good do they need them to be? You know, well, if they're going, if they, they're going may,
0: tight ends, they don't need as many good receivers. Yeah, I mean, you're taking a, yeah, maybe, the assumption is you're taking a receiver off the field.
1: And maybe Brewer hits the ground running to where he just jumps in there and he's thrown for 9,700 yards and all this other stuff. And so he's, he's good. And so I'll make those guys my tight ends, my slots, my wide mm-hmm. outs. I'll make them look good. Just give me time. You guys up front, give me time, and I'll get the job done. And I can move around a little bit, too. So I can't discount that. It's very intriguing, which is exactly what I want. They're dealing from a position of strength. They're going to be good. It's a question of how good. You know, can they be great? I don't rule it out. I don't guarantee it, but I don't rule it out. Can they go 8-1 and one in this conference next season? It's a... Uh, right now it's a decent possibility
0: what a decent possibility <sighs> it makes me want to say well how decent a possibility 8 and 1's pretty high end in the conference cuz yeah. nobody goes 9 and 0 that's so, why i said so 8 and 1 that's that that's not a decent season that is very good mm-hmm. and i would yeah, take 8 and 1 that's high end Right, and I, I would take eight and one right now. I wouldn't play for nine and zero, and absolutely, I'd sign off on eight and one.
1: Well, they've seemed to. They've been like what the Jazz have been doing. Any team that's around five hundred, excepting the Warriors the other day, in which the Warriors shot fifty percent from three, and then you notice last night they shot thirty five percent. So
0: yeah, on a second uh, night of a back to back, they weren't as good. That's a shocker. It was
1: a it was a uh, well. You can't
0: sustain fifty percent. Nobody does in the NBA.
1: It wasn't. back to back, but it was a week back to back because they played. In the, they played in the day, and then they should have been able to get to bed as if they, they should have gone to L.A. Playing. pretty
0: quickly, right? Yeah,
1: right. They should. They could have been there by seven o'clock. So, uh, but nevertheless, uh, you know, maybe uh, be who you are, and the Utes being who they are is to beat Colorado and UCLA and Arizona seem to beat those teams regularly and seem to lose at SC will always lose at SC and then they got the devils up here again
0: and the ducks here
1: because of the scheduling situation right the scheduling um, played out to where they missed going to Tempe and uh, Mm -hmm. that's fine. Just the way it worked out. It's just a roll of the dice, and just so getting him here should help. I don't know that it's the difference, but it should help, and so it's a it's a possibility. Maybe it's a long shot, but it's a possibility. I mean, they've only done eight and one once, right? Unless I'm missing a season. So, but I'm going high end on that, and I think high end is 8-1 in this conference since literally in 10 years no one has gone undefeated. Last year, obviously, they didn't play uh, nine conference games, but still no one went undefeated even in the fewer games, which to me indicates it's even tougher to do because if you only play four and you can't do it, how in the world are you going to do it if you play nine? And it doesn't seem to mean that you're going to do it if you play nine and you can't do it when you play four. And you look at Washington, I think Washington was 3-1 and one last year, weren't they? Yeah, and because uh, and the, they only they only played the four games, and they couldn't do it, so it's, it would be hard because this conference, uh, the strength of the conference is also its weakness nationally, it is lower level teams being able to beat the higher end teams and then knock them out, as we've seen multiple times. But I'm excited for Utah's season because the possibilities are pretty big. Now it could be uh, you know a five and four season two in conference. So that's what makes it so darn intriguing.
0: All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 Zone. We come back, everything we've talked about in this show. We will get you up to speed next. Stay with us. (laughs) Number one, Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Trying to catch you up to date on all the stuff we have been talking about. Talked a lot of jazz today. They're playing the Celtics tonight. Everybody in the West who's chasing the Jazz picked up a win last night. Are the Jazz going to give up ground, or are they going to get the win and take that half game back? Lakers blew out the Warriors 128-97. to Suns blew out the Grizzlies 122-99. to The Clippers beat the Mavericks by 10, 109-99. So 2-3-4 in the West, all winning, PK. And the Denver Nuggets, they're up and down, two steps forward, one step back, continues. With a step forward, they beat the Pacers 121-106, so... I think they're fifth now. I'd have to check, but they're going back and forth with Portland for that fifth spot. So everybody's winning. It's up to the Jazz now to keep pace tonight in in Boston.
1: If the Suns actually claim sole possession of first place this season, I'll quit and immediately move there.
0: <laughs> you front runner. <laughs> they're two games back, both in the loss column. They're twenty-six and twelve. Jazz twenty eight and ten, so two full games back.
1: It won't be to to root for the Suns, though. It will just be shock that it happened. It's not to become a Suns fan. It is just to be stunned that, that the Suns they have, have a better jumped than the Jazz.
0: That the Suns have jumped all these teams.
1: Yeah, that would just be shocking. Of all the things to happen. That would be one that I never would have predicted because I made fun of those guys down in Phoenix when I told you on the radio that they were thinking that they could overtake the Jazz this year. And I'm thinking, no way.
0: And they've overtaken no everybody. So actually, Yeah, everybody except the yeah, Jazz.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't me, wouldn't be right now. They have, yeah. It wouldn't be for me to be all of a sudden this big Suns fan. There were, there were times I did want the Suns to win when I lived down there because my father hated them. Uh, so, uh, the Nash and Barkley errors, uh, I w- I was a fan. I liked the way the Nash teams played. Even my father, I think he came around to Steve Nash, uh, because of the way they played. It was, the f- they were, they played with a fun style of basketball to watch And the Barkley thing. He just got so fed up of hearing about the Suns that he rooted against them, which naturally led me to, to root for them at that time. Uh, but, uh, that would be a stunner. I, don't, I, I can Somehow I can see the Clippers or Lakers. Or the Clippers, I'm not so sure anymore. Uh, in the regular season, now Your the playoffs is, is a new animal. We'll get there when we get there. Uh, but I think it's important for the Jazz to win just to sort of – you're going to have a slump, but to sort of keep the slump as minimal as possible. Even if you consider this – I don't even know if you can consider this a slump. I guess you can consider it a slump – Relative to the way they won twenty one at a twenty two,
0: whatever it was. Okay, but they were never gonna. So yeah, they're never gonna play nine fifty balls and sustain I, that. Right. So, that's what I'm saying. Can I can
1: I talk, call this a slump? Not yet.
0: But at four out of ten, you can.
1: Well, we're going down that road. Now I don't want to go down that road. Right.
0: And you'd be on two on the road trip, going into a back to back in Washington, and then you got to play Toronto in Tampa Bay. So, not ideal. Need a W. Uh,
1: yeah, now neither of those teams are that good. And did they get the Bulls on uh, next Monday? Monday? Is that who it is?
0: Yeah, they get two days off.
1: So clearly the, the Celtics are the best of the four teams on this trip. I mean, that's obvious. But this is the NBA, man, and, and you know, the, the, the Bulls aren't all that good, but Levine's having a hell of a season. He can light you up for 35, and, and away you go. So and that, that that's the the, the the NBA now, sort of like what we're talking about, the Pac-12. It's not stunning to see one of these lower-level teams rise up and beat a good team because there, there are a lot of good players in this league right now, and even the crappy teams have some good players, and obviously looking at Washington with a Bradley Beal.
0: Boston's fifth in the East. They're only two games over 500 in twenty and eighteen, But the other three teams on this trip are all under 500. The Bulls are three under, the right. Raptors are five under, and the Wizards are ten under. But again, to your point, if Bradley Beal has his 48-point game, well, you're in trouble.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: All right, so there's uh, some of the NBA news uh, that we have been talking about. Uh, The Utes had two guys transfer, and whenever you say Utah basketball had two guys transfer, you'd start to raise the red flag. But these are two guys who didn't play, so that's kind of the way basketball works. I don't think these are the two transfers to get worked up over. Now, you don't know what they were going to develop into, so maybe they go somewhere and develop, but I think this is the part you probably have to shrug off here, guys transfer.
1: Well, I think yeah, you do. It's just like all right. I get it. Devils had a kid transfer yesterday. He didn't play. Blah blah blah. These things are going to happen. It's if any of the foreign kids who are in the rotation, if it's uh, if Allen declares himself for the draft, so be it. But if he transfers to another school and plays, that's a blow. And obviously Martinez or Carlson, those guys. They, not that I have any indication that they were going to do it, but those would be absolute eye, eyebrow raisers. These two, not so much.
0: Uh, Minnesota, Indiana, Iowa State, all making coaching changes. Of course, those. Uh, that's uh, what two Big Ten, one Big Twelve. It's all big time football money, and you know we've got schools here who are on uh, on a good run. Uh, two NCA teams for Mike. For uh, Mark Pope in two years, three NCAA teams in three years for Craig Smith. And when Power Five schools want to throw a ton of money at a coach, you always wonder what's going to happen next. No indication that it's going to be these guys. Uh, Minnesota is sort of vaguely kind of Craig Smith's neighborhood. Indiana is kind of— Well, uh, he's a native. Sort of, right. And he coached in South Dakota. So, he's, But he's literally in So not of kind Minnesota, of sort of. Is it is his neighborhood. If he's going home,
1: Pope played for the Pacers, but Indiana's and played at, and played at Dallas.
0: Kentucky, which isn't far away. Um, and I don't know that any of that matters. I think it matters more if they've got the money and if they want to spend the money. And are they interested in these coaches who oh, are winning or other money. coaches who are winning?
1: They got the money, right? They, they most definitely got the money. I mean, Indiana, I think, is paying Miller ten million to go away. Isn't are they not?
0: Uh, yeah. it's a lot. I don't know. That could be the number. I don't know. I the thought number. I
1: saw that yesterday. You may well have. Because yes. I, st- I started list Okay. Who's going to, whose names are going to be thrown out there? <laughs> right. Uh, and Pope, Pope and, and Smith, they're going to be thrown out there. That's just the way it is. I told you Patino got fired at Minnesota. Well, they're already announcing that he's going to get the job at New Mexico. So that was about a day's worth of negotiations. They like sizzle. And Patino, because of his father, his father is a phenomenal basketball coach. I'm surprised he didn't
0: hire. Yeah, him. I was, I was like, go get, go get Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Rick in New Mexico. Sign me up, he Mountain just, West. He just took Iona to the NCAA uh, tournament. That was, yeah. That was the uh, the whole post selection. It's like his ex teams, Kentucky and Louisville, are out, and his current team, Iona, is in. It's in, yeah.
1: So. Well, he, Patino is Larry Brown. The guy's won wherever he goes.
0: He's five. It's not going to be upstanding.
1: Yep. Larry, Larry Brown hasn't had the personal issues that I'm aware of, but he's always had – he's kind of a Tarkanian light. seemed like he always had to, you know, some rule things that were hampering him. But the guy won. He, he was a great basketball coach, man. I When I covered the Clippers, he was their coach, and they sucked for many, many years before and after. But when Larry Brown was there, they were pretty good.
0: Well, yeah, they had two playoff teams, but yeah. that was about his, you know, two to three years seemed to be his window. Five was the outside. That was, that was long-term Larry Brown if he got to five.
1: And I view Patino, he's a great basketball coach, but he's got some baggage. Uh, I don't know that his son has any baggage. It's about winning, and so they're going to get that Patino name down in New Mexico. But, you know, it goes by with uh, Utah State and BYU. You want to be in that position, that other guys want your guys that means they're doing well
0: means they're winning you're going to the ncaa tournament
1: yeah i really believe and this is going to post this morning on KSL this is mark pope's moment of reckoning this week how good are you cuz this is the only thing that's missing from his resume you know he did a phenomenal job at utah valley but they didn't go to the tournament uh and he's done a phenomenal job at BYU. Now they would have gone last year for sure. Uh, and but the circumstances being what they were, but if he gets a sweet 16 out of this group this year after losing seven eight guys last year. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, he's the real deal. I think he is the real deal. I think he's absolutely the right guy for the job, but he still needs uh, an opportunity to if you want to do some things that haven't been done at BYU finishing second in the West Coast Conference and going to the NCAA tournament, that's not one of them.
0: But win an attorney game for the first time in about a decade, that'd be good.
1: For sure, yes. Sweet
0: 16 would be awesome. We
1: yeah, had Tim the Lacombe on earlier the,
0: this morning who said that before the brackets came out, he thought a team like Texas was a really difficult matchup for BYU, and sure enough, Texas is the Texas three seed and, and, and a potential second-round matchup.
1: Okay, yeah, well... So be it. Uh, Worry about that. I, you got to get the first should. one first. They all should be difficult matchups when you get to that level. Second round. Doesn't mean they all are. The Utes and Majerus' years, a lot of times, and they just breezed to the Sweet 16. Not always, but sometimes they did. That's because they were really good. But so be it. Did, yeah, they, beat Texas, Navy a,
0: did they beat Navy in a first-round game or a second-round game? Is that an opening round? It was...
1: It was, I want to say, was was it second round? I can't remember. I, 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 maybe it was first round. It was in Tucson, if I remember correctly. And the uh, it was one of the, like, NC Charlotte, and all the youth people were all worried about it. And I was thinking, what, what the heck are you worried about for? Huh. Uh, and they they just they just waltzed right into the Sweet 16. To, and that's where Majerus went off about how they didn't have a plane ready for them and, and really pissed <laughs> off the Utah administration. I can tell you more than you want to know on that one. So that was a great time in Tucson. My sister and my brother-in-law and their son came down, and uh, the Sunday game. We spent the weekend together, and we all they all stayed in my room. And the uh, Sunday game, the, they wanted to go to, and I said, "Oh, well, let's see if you you know get tickets and have to scalp them or whatever." And so I'm sitting there in press row, and it's right the fans are right behind me. And getting ready to start the game, like the players are walking out, and I feel a tap on my shoulder, and it's my brother-in-law, my sister, and my nephew. They not only got scalper tickets, they got them first row right behind me,
0: which
1: I thought was kind of cool. <laughs>
0: now that's funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Like, Did they know where you were sitting to get those? No, okay. I mean they knew I was on press roll, sure, obviously. But, but, but yeah. I just wondered if they uh, <laughs> were lining up there. No, no, it was it was it was funny. I turned around and there they are. They're literally right behind me, uh, and I and I think the Utes won, in they they won easily, and then we went over to San Jose.
0: Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, that was the year they beat Navy and Charlotte. The year before was Canisius and Iowa State. So it isn't always big name brand name programs to get to the Sweet 16, but it is sometimes.
1: The Iowa State game, I think, had Tim Floyd as the coach, and that was a dogfight um, because then he went from Iowa State to the Bulls, and that's where Eustace went from Utah State to Iowa State, and they brought in Stu Morrill, if you remember that chain of events. Correct. Uh, But Craig Smith, wow, what a job he's done, man. He's right up there with Stu Morrill. This this guy is so electric. It reminds me of a shorter – version of Mark Pope in terms of charisma and getting everybody excited about their program. And he's three for three
0: yeah. in
1: getting them to the NCAA tournament. At, and Stu Morrill did it out of the whack, which wasn't nearly as good as the Mountain West is. So hats off to, to Craig Smith. I can see why,
0: Pro- Min- why Pro- a Minnesota would, would come knocking.
1: Oh, easily! You're I from there. It. I you, actually you've think coached
0: he... in South Dakota, and now you've taken Utah State to three straight NCAA tournaments. So you would think you got to shortlist him. I'm sure there's other coaches who want that gig. So
1: I think he could do better than that. Ooh. Maybe not this year, but Ooh. in time. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, look at his results, man. They yeah. speak for themselves. That's a, this is a results-oriented business, and right now his resume is pretty doggone impressive. Now, he's got to get an NCAA tournament win, too. They didn't get the chance last year, and then his first year they went up, if I remember correctly, they went up against Washington, which clearly Washington played its best game of its season and beat the Aggies in that first round here.
0: Well, I think both Utah State and BYU had a chance to win last year, so... For many, many reasons, it sucks that that tournament couldn't be played. Many reasons bigger than basketball. But if we're just going to focus on basketball, it certainly sucks for the Aggies and the Cougars because there are years you go to the tournament knowing you can't win. There are years you go hoping you can win, but there are years you go where you think, we've got a really good shot at this.
1: Uh, Last year, I would have put both of those teams in that category, yes. Exactly.
0: Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Your feedback's coming up next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Time for your feedback. And, P.K., one of the things that uh, we've been talking about here this morning, what's going to happen with the Saints? The quarterback uh, carousel is spinning. It hasn't completely stopped. Are they going to be able to make a play for Watson or Wilson here? Uh Question: DJ doesn't believe Tayson Hill will replace Drew Brees as the Saints' starting quarterback, and they'll make a trade or go with Jameis Winston. So, like, what do you think? <laughs> How'd I do? Did I get it? Good, thank you. And uh, John says Winston will be odds-on favorite front runner for the job. Uh, Mike says he's been pigeonholed as a utility guy; he'll never start regularly. I can't one hundred percent sign off on that, Mike. I do agree with John that I think Winston is the favorite. Uh, And and I think it comes down to that that both guys, um, they're kind of at the same place for different reasons in their career. With Taysom, I think there are still questions. Can he routinely push the ball down the field and make a big plays? He can play well. And he can minimize the turnovers, but is he going to make a bunch of the big plays and be real dynamic throwing the ball down the field? Now, Winston, he can be dynamic throwing the ball down the field, but is he going to eliminate the negative plays? My guess is they're going to – they've they got a bunch of really good wide receivers there that if they don't make a move for a Watson or a Wilson, that they go with Jameis, he makes big plays – but does, how many turnovers does he make, and can they stomach him? And if it gets to a point that, just like Tampa Bay, they can't stomach it anymore, and that could be Game 2, Game 6, Game 12, then Taysom's going to be the guy. Because I think after playing him last year, they know what they have there, and if he's the best option, then they go with him. Now, we just got a tweet here. Uh, a New Orleans Saints writer, John DeShazer, tweeted it out, and Greg Rubel retweeted it, which is why I saw it. Uh, Peyton, with a quote, I think we're set. I think we really? are set. He was asked, are you set at the quarterback position? And he said, I think we are, judging by the quote that's out there. I think. Mm-hmm. So he's got the wiggle room like, hey, I didn't know we could get but, Wilson for a number but, one pick. I thought if, we were going to need five number one picks.
1: If you get Wilson or Watson, of course you get them. That goes exactly. saying. Right. I think Taysom is dealing from a position of strength because if he doesn't win the job, he knows he's going to play. Whereas if Winston doesn't win the job, he's going to be standing. So at least as a consolation... I don't see where, if you use Taysom like you did and you had a Hall of Fame quarterback, obviously wasn't in his prime, but still a Hall of Fame quarterback, then in my mind, clearly you use Hill with Winston being a quarterback. You use him in the same role, maybe even more. So you know you're going to get out on the field. I don't think you're going to continue to get the buzz. It seemed like, I used to laugh, Taysom caught a screen pass and people would go nuts. Like, this guy can do that in his sleep. He's a phenomenal athlete. So I don't think he'll get the buzz, but who cares about that if he gets the money and the playing time? And I know he wants to be the quarterback for sure, obviously. But if that doesn't happen, he'll still have an opportunity to feel like he's playing NFL football and making a contribution. But it'll be interesting to see if they go with Winston and either or, really, what type of leash they have for the starter and will it be a situation you don't want to get in that situation where you're juggling quarterbacks? That never seems to work. But if you don't win the starting job, uh, particularly, I don't know are they going to have the preseasons? And what are we going to do here? I haven't heard. You know how how much of a body of work are they going to have in the competition form of the season for the regular season? So, still a lot to be decided there. And if Sean Payton thinks he's got what he needs and is comfortable with it, well, he, he, he's got a track record, so he ought to know.
0: B.J. Clem tweets out, not me. He only got one year for a reason. I think that they are committed to these two guys, but they are committed to them for the short term. And if one of these guys has a home run season, whether it's the guy who's picked to win the job, or if a guy gets it through injury or the other guy struggles, and he hits a home run then, great. But they are set up to be right back in the quarterback market a year from now.
1: Well, so many teams are, though. You look at these high draft picks. Uh, Sam Darnold, now he's on the market and he was taken high. So that's not that unusual, even if you have a high draft pick who gets out on the field. I mean, are the Dolphins really, really sure that Tua is your guy? It's not like he had big-time stats with them in his rookie season. So unless it's – this is not this is sort of double talk, but unless you have the guy – do you really have the guy?
0: So I think that what you're saying is, in any given year, a half dozen teams are going to be right back out there in one year. We know right now Washington's going to be right back out there in one year. They went and got Fitzpatrick. It's going to be one more year. But in the Darnold Jets situation or the Tua situation, and Jacksonville presumably is you know, going to use the number 1 pick on Trevor Lawrence, those guys, they got three years. So, yeah, the team could be out there, but not right back out there next year. I would be stunned. Jacksonville's going to take Lawrence, and they're not going to be in the quarterback market a year from now.
1: Mm, okay, probably But if you want to
0: say that there's 10 to 15 teams that are going to be out there in three years, yeah, that's not a stretch. That's not a stretch. The The teams that are in the playoffs, they're usually happy with their quarterback, right? Baltimore isn't going to—they haven't been to a Super Bowl, but they're not going to be in the quarterback market for a while. They're going to mm, be back in the playoffs, know. you know? But
1: then, but then you get those guys who are drafted high— and it seems like every year there's somebody in that third year category that you bring up, right? So they're in the market. You know, has uh, Murray? Has he really proven himself down in the desert? No, not really. And he's going to go into his third season. So
0: if he doesn't have a big season, are they thinking? And they drafted him number one. If they go backwards a little bit, I can totally see them. If they, if they, if he throws picks and they're five and eleven, I could see them. Thinking, oh boy, we got to do something here.
1: Five and eleven. I'm churning in my season tickets. (laughs) You don't have season
0: tickets. (laughs) I think right now, though, the Cardinals and the Chargers and the Bills—they all have young quarterbacks, and they think we're good to go. I think so. Yes. Right. All right, DJ and PK, we're out of time. Hans and Scotty are coming up next.